0: What's up, everyone?
1: Hello, everyone. Did you have a good week?
0: I hope you had a good week.
1: The weather is getting warmer.
0: Yeah, it's... come up a little closer so they can hear
1: you. The weather is getting warmer.
0: Yeah, it is. It's
1: hotting up out there.
0: It is. I am appreciating it. I love the warm weather. Mm-hmm. Well, I like, yeah, I, I don't like cold weather. I, I'm really, I don't handle the cold very well. Um, but I like snow and I genuinely like seasons. Like, I like the springy season. It's rainy. I love rain.
1: You do like rain. It starts
0: getting a lot, um, it starts getting warmer, so that's nice. That's a plus. So then you can wear those clothes that like, they're really warm, but they're really cute, but they're not warm enough to just wear in the winter. You know? Yeah. Like a sweat shirt, like a cropped sweatshirt with matching sweatpants. That's cute. I don't own one of those, but I've always wanted to
1: yeah you could wear that
0: you could too but could. see it's you can wear it without putting a giant coat over it right that's what i mean you can mm-hmm. wear cute outfits that are like warm but mm-hmm. you don't need to ruin it with a giant coat
1: you're right that's true
0: that yeah it's very true um but yeah uh welcome to known unknowns oh
1: yeah welcome to known unknowns the podcast yeah welcome
0: welcome we have two shorter stories this week so we can afford to talk a talk a little more at the beginning i know you guys love that
1: Mm -hmm. yeah well so for this episode we had we had planned like a big spectacular we were gonna do like contests and we were gonna have like uh do do prank calls and like we were gonna there there was gonna be a live animal in the studio here that we were gonna pet and like interview and stuff but uh we got a call the other day um from the uh well, we're a little bit different from other podcasts. We have we have a parliamentarian, um, and they said that uh, we couldn't do that. Um, even though we really wanted to, and we were we were really going to do it, uh, they they just said nope, sorry, can't do it. Um, so here we are. Just really? a regular old just regular old episode for you.
0: Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Truly, mm-hmm. it was going to be real good.
1: We were we really wanted to, guys. We
0: put in <laughs> so much work. That's why this week's is a lot shorter, because we had to do it last minute.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, That's true.
0: Do you have something you want to talk about? I was, no, just, I was gonna just gonna say, say ask you
1: what was new this week.
0: Oh, whenever you mention guests, I've always wanted to mention this to them. I don't know if you want me to, but <laughs> whenever you think of whenever you mention guests, I think about so we we had a we have we have had three guests. No, four or five, five guests. We've had two of my friends mm-hmm. actors uh and then no,
1: we've, yeah two
0: yeah yeah two we had maggie and izzy yeah and then we had three like outside guests that were like paranormal type people and then one author two two paranormal type people one author yeah e- yeah anyway we had people <laughs> come on the show so we were like in the process of like reaching out to people and people were reaching out to us and stuff And I don't know, one week we had planned on doing an interview with someone, Mm -hmm. and it had been planned for, like, a month. And we were, like, corresponding back and forth about what we were going to do. We sent them the questions we wanted to ask them. We had the date and the time set. Mm -hmm. And then the day before, I was like, all right, just let – okay, we'll we'll, uh, we'll Zoom or Skype or whatever uh, tomorrow at this time. And then I didn't get a response. And then – (laughs)
1: <laughs> they ghosted us <laughs>
0: They ghosted us, More of the story And then the next day, it was like 7pm when we were gonna record And I emailed them, and I emailed them like twice And I was like, are you still coming to this meeting? Uh, what's going on? And they completely ghosted us Completely ghosted us And I don't know if it was like they hadn't actually listened to the podcast And then they did, and they're like, oh, I don't want to do this <laughs> Or, I don't know I don't know I, I know.
1: Maybe they were a, a ghost all along.
0: Yeah, they completely ghosted us, and that was really sad. I was like, oh, okay. It was just very weird because they were very enthusiastic about doing this. There was two people. It was a husband and a wife. They don't listen to this. It was a husband and a wife.
1: Yeah, they got better things to do. They're grown up.
0: Well, my suspicion was he's like, I want to do this uh, this month or something because my wife is like eight months pregnant. Or something so i'm assuming she just had a baby she had the baby maybe and then they were like uh, okay well we ignored them for like two weeks we can't really reach back out because <laughs> i we never heard from them again ever
1: well if you're listening and you want to be a guest on this <laughs> podcast write in
0: yeah they were like authors one was like a paranormal investigator an author and then his wife was like a scientist or something
1: yeah or were they maybe they were never anything all along
0: (laughs) yeah that was sad well not sad i don't i didn't really care but it was kind of just like (laughs) let us know because that was the episode for the week i remember that and i was like okay weird (laughs) that they didn't even shoot an email back saying i had a baby i can't
1: yeah that was like a year ago wasn't it
0: yeah that was a while ago but i think about how they
1: on in like a year
0: yeah, should we have guests on more? No, that's okay. Let us know, everyone. Do you want to hear more guests?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, there were definitely other people interested in being on the podcast, so. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, <laughs> we should have them on.
0: <laughs> yeah, was, some of them were weird, and I was like, no, 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 no. Our
1: podcast is about weird Okay, but some of them
0: are really weird. And I'm like, I really don't want them in my life. I don't (laughs) want them to contact me. I don't. Yeah. You were not involved that much with the spreadsheet of people that I was given that wanted to be on this podcast. Some of them I was like, no. No. uh,
1: If if you're listening out there, (laughs) she's not talking about you. There were a lot of normal people, too. (laughs) Not normal. They don't
0: listen to this.
1: There were a lot of people who we did want to talk to who we just didn't. Yeah. Cause we uh, haven't.
0: I'm anxious. I don't like talking to new people. Yeah, it scares me. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't judge me. I'm
1: not judging you.
0: Uh, anything else you want to talk about? What's new?
1: I'll tell you what's new this week. Okay. The World Rally Championship headed to lap up to Lapland for the Arctic Rally Finland. All the best rally drivers in the world were there to test their skill against the snow and ice covered roads of the of those Arctic Finnish roads oops <laughs> estonian Tanak, along with co-driver martin Jarveoja, put on a dominant performance maintaining a 20 second lead from the first stage throughout the weekend but further down in the pack uh the bad battles raged defending world champion and monte carlo winner sebastian ogier struggled to pull himself up the field getting as high as sixth before the frenchman got stuck in a snowbank on the second on the last corner of the last stage of day two Oliver Solberg, driving a World Rally car in competition for the first time ever, put on a spectacular show, confidently throwing his Hyundai i20 down the white and treacherous roads. Several impressive stage times placed the 19-year-old Swede in sixth place. Closer to the top of the standings, veteran Belgian driver Thierry Neuville, in just his second event with co-driver Martin Vidaga, battled for second against local favorite Kale Rovanperä himself only in his second full season of WRC competition. A blisteringly quick time in the final stage solidified runner-up for the Finn, and at 20 years old became the youngest driver ever to hold the lead in the World Rally Championship. Oh, wow. Next month, uh, they head to Croatia in another new event on Tarmac in Croatia for the first time. Uh, listen to Known Unknowns for all the updates on... Uh, WRC.
0: Sure. (laughs) Now, while I watch podcasts on YouTube, yes, I do that. Mm -hmm. While I watch podcasts on YouTube, Harry sits right next to me with his headphones on, and he watches cars drive around a snowy, icy track outside. (laughs) I think it's outside. I mean, there's snow. (laughs) And it's snowing, and they're, like, swerving all over. And I'm like, this is so dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) So... Then there's always a woman in all white. She has like a white coat, white shoes, white pants. And then another guy who's usually in like black and they stand six feet apart with masks on and they talk into the microphone with each other. That's that's all I see. That's pretty
1: much how it goes.
0: Yeah. 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 (laughs) I don't know what any of that means. I'm just telling you guys, it's a race. They, they drive in cars and they drive around a little <laughs> snowy, snow filled track.
1: Well, no, they don't drive snow filled roads. A... Yeah, They're exactly. like roads. So it's, so they it's look a like rally. It's on like public roads that are just closed for the event and stuff.
0: That was the ring in my dreams.
1: This was the ring that was in your dream? Yeah. They gave the doctor who was doing surgery on you a seizure?
0: Yeah. <laughs> he was in the middle of doing. Anyway, I had a dream. Ah! <laughs> I have this light up ring. It's like a ring that you wear on your finger, like a children's like rubbery ring that like lights up. I had had it for like a class I was teaching. Um, And and, um, you press it and it like blinks a bunch of colored lights. Yeah. And so I had a dream last night and I, I kept having it. I had bad dreams last night. And this doctor was in the middle of doing surgery on me. Or he was getting ready. They had, like, pumped me full of the meds that uh-huh. put me to sleep. <laughs> and then he started to, like, cut cut open, you know? And then for some reason, like, the guy next to him, like, the nurse or whatever, assistant, had my ring. Had this light-up ring, and he pressed it. And then <laughs> the doctor started having a seizure <laughs> because of the <laughs> blinking lights. And it was so... It wasn't a normal seizure. It was like... <laughs> he levitated into the air oh,
1: you didn't tell me that yeah he
0: was like laying down the, so he fell to the ground and then he was just horizontal and then he levitated in the air and then he just started like falling to the ground and lifting like it was just bashing him up and just down
1: going up and down
0: that was his seizure that was how he was reacting to this light opening
1: <laughs> wow i wonder what it means
0: I don't know but then they kept trying to find like they're like someone find a doctor someone find another doctor and I'm like I'm thinking back on that now and I'm like wasn't I in a hospital with other doctors like apparently not so they went on like these people like got on buses and went in other places with people and they're like is there anyone a doctor and then people kept lying that they were so they would come back and they're like I don't actually know what to do with this body <laughs> I don't know how to give her surgery <laughs> It was a bad, it was a bad dream. It was a bad time.
1: (laughs) I'm always amazed at how well you remember your dreams.
0: Yeah, I I remember them vividly. I have like vivid dreams that I, yeah, I remember them like a lot. I had uh, that night, last night as well, I had a dream that my freshman year roommate threw a party just to get me over to her apartment and then she murdered me. (laughs) Yeah. She like I she like locked me in a dark room and then she like opened the door and like ominously walked in with like the light <laughs> to the back of her. She was backlit, uh-huh. and then she was like, "Carly, why don't you ever want to talk to me?" <laughs> and then she went to murder me. <laughs> why don't you answer my texts? <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess that one's pretty pretty clear what that one means, but.
0: Yeah, I fear her. (laughs) I I think about it a lot, and I'm like, she's going to ruin my career, probably, and she's also probably going to murder me one day if she can. So, (laughs) I don't know, because I won't answer her texts. (laughs) Anyway, what's new with you?
1: (laughs) I've I've talked about what's new new? with me. No, nothing's new with me.
0: All right, well, I guess I'll just get into it then, huh? Yeah,
1: please. I would like to know about what you're doing.
0: Okay. Hear those papers wrestling, friends? I printed it out again. So my um, sources are bonaventurehistorical.org, uh, nightlyspirits.com, uh, Gal- uh, com, and wikipedia.org.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. So I am talking about... So I had a journey with this topic. I thought I was going to have two stories to tell, okay. but I got mixed up and then realized the stories that I looked up, I looked up both uh-huh. and had sources for both or from two separate cemeteries. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what? when did this happen? When did... It was so weird. I was like, I thought they were from the same cemetery. It was so confusing. Two cemeteries
1: that grew into one.
0: They were in completely... One was in Georgia, one was in Connecticut. And (sighs) I was like, what? Are
1: they called the same thing? No. Oh.
0: I don't know where things got lost in there, but it did. So I'm just going to talk about one of them. So that's why it's a little short, because I thought there were two, but there's one.
1: That's, That's how folklore works. Mythology. Things get messed up and they evolve over time. Uh-huh. the story get it grows and it changes and
0: yeah so i'm gonna talk about a cemetery one of the most uh haunted cemeteries in the united states and then the main story that goes along with it okay so i'm gonna be talking about the bonaventure cemetery um which is in, okay, Bonaventure Cemetery is a rural, rural cemetery located on a scenic bluff of the Wilmington River, east of Savannah, Georgia. The cemetery became famous when it was featured in the 1994 novel, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil by John Berendt. I don't know. And in the subsequent subsequent movie directed by Clint Eastwood based on the book. It is okay. the largest of the city cemeteries, con- containing nearly one hundred and sixty acres. So it was they used uh, like one of those statue graves in the movie. Okay. Um, but then it got so popular that people were like coming to vandalize stuff all the time. So they moved it. They moved that particular statue grave, headstone statue to a museum because it was so popular. Everyone was going there to see it because uh, it was in the movie. Uh, yeah. Uh the cemetery is located that's not what I'm talking about today. Okay. There's a different one. <laughs> it's a different thing. The cemetery is located on a former site of Bonaventure Plantation, originally owned by Colonel John Mulren. On March 10, 1846, Commodore-, Commodore Josiah Tatnall III sold the 600-acre plantation and its private cemetery to Peter Wiltberger. Major William H. Wiltberger, the son of Peter Wiltberger, mm-hmm. uh, formed the Evergreen Cemetery Company on June 12th in 1869. On July 7th, 1907, the city of Savannah purchased the Evergreen Cemetery Company, making the cemetery public and changing the name to Bonaventure Cemetery. Gotcha. That's the history of this place. So honestly, wouldn't be surprised if this place is crazy haunted. There's a lot of... <laughs> terrible things that happened on this property before <laughs> it became sure. a cemetery yeah you know yeah it was a plantation so i feel like
1: yeah nothing there's good lots
0: of... of suffering there so mm-hmm. you know uh,
1: savannah georgia where the b-52s are from what's that the band
0: i, right? don't, know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know i don't remember <laughs> i have no idea what that is uh in 1860s 1860...
1: rock, rock lobster Love Shattuck.
0: oh the, the yeah yeah, yeah okay <laughs> I think I'm wrong,
1: but uh, I'd like to think I'm right.
0: All right. Yeah, (laughs) think it. In 1867, John Muir...
1: Or is that where R.E.M. is from? I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, go on. Are you listening to me?
0: John Muir began his thousand-mile walk to Florida and the Gulf. Mm -hmm. In October, he uh, sojourned sojourned for six days and nights at the Bonaventure Cemetery, sleeping upon graves overnight, this being the safest and cheapest accommodation that he could find while he waited for money to be expressed from home. <laughs> he found the cemetery even then breathtakingly beautiful and inspiring and wrote a lengthy chapter on it called Camping in the Tombs. And I'm not going to read it because it's, it's long, There's, but he thought it was beautiful. It, all the pictures I see, it's gorgeous. Yeah. This John, cemetery beautiful. is beautiful. It's, it's really pretty.
1: I'm sure it is.
0: So I'm talking about um, Gracie Watson. Who's that? Uh, someone who's in this cemetery that's mm. haunts it. Oh. Ooh. Wow, this is going to be really short. I apologize, everyone.
1: No, tell me about it.
0: Okay. Gracie Watson, known as Little Gracie, was the daughter of Wales J. and Frances Watson. Originally from Massachusetts, she was born on July 10, 1883, and died only six years later on April 23rd, which I believe was the day before, like two days before Easter, mm. in 1889. Her cause of death was pneumonia. Uh, her parents ran the Pulaski Hotel, and Gracie often played in the hotel. She also entertained guests by dancing and singing songs, so like, you know what kids do right <laughs> uh and everybody loved gracie a lot
1: oh <laughs>
0: yeah i know <laughs> given this it makes sense that her parents and those that were around gracie would be devastated by the loss childhood mortality rates were high but that didn't make it better for anyone <laughs> they were like yeah it's still not cool
1: yeah it just makes it <laughs> not yeah it makes it yeah. worse
0: yeah, her parents uh still lost a wonderful, energetic child. It's clear she made a positive impact on many lives.
1: Okay. Oh, her parents. Right?
0: Yeah, her parents wanted to keep her memory alive because uh they loved her so much. <laughs> uh, they held. I wrote that. Uh, they hired a sculptor, John Walls and he was commissioned by the father to represent Gracie in the form of a statue. Oh. Using only a photograph of little Gracie, John Walls made a life-size, picture-perfect statue of Gracie for her gravesite. They say it's, like, yeah, perfect. It looks just like her. Cool. So.
1: They don't make statues like they used to, I guess.
0: Nope. Due to the popularity of the statue, a fence has been placed around the statue site or the grave site to prevent destruction, either purposeful or accidental. Mm -hmm. Perhaps the most breathtaking part of the story is that Gracie is at the, no, not breathtaking, perhaps the most heartbreaking, so sad.
1: Breathtakingly heartbreaking. Yeah,
0: breathtakingly heartbreaking part of the story is that Gracie is at the cemetery all alone. Oh, no. After her death, her father quit his job managing the Pulaski Hotel. Uh, he took a job working at the Desoto Hotel. However, that didn't last very long. Eventually, he and Frances moved back to New England, leaving Gracie all alone in Savannah. And after their deaths, Gracie's parents were buried in New England. Oh. so they weren't even buried together. That's, that's Isn't that sad? I'm like, that's really sad.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate.
0: Yeah. So, okay, the afterlife of Gracie Watson. Mm. Oh, wow, we're almost done here. That's okay. This Tell me about it.
1: <laughs> This is the good part.
0: Yeah. Even after death, Gracie has remained an ambassador of, for Savannah. It seems that the spirit of little Gracie Watson is still around. Many people have reported seeing the ghost of a little girl playing in Johnson Square, uh, the square that the Pulaski Hotel was built on. Uh, Some of the people who have seen this ghost have said they believe the ghost to be a real girl with a pretty white dress running around Johnson Square just as you would imagine any child to do, until she disappeared into thin air. Creepy, right?
1: That is creepy.
0: In Bonaventure, Gracie, it seems, is the most active spirit in the cemetery, or at least the most popular. Uh, Visitors will leave presents for Gracie, like flowers and toys, especially around the holidays. Um, One visitor told uh, one of the the hosts of the ghost tour in the cemetery that he remembered when he was younger meeting up with other (laughs) 13-year-olds, which he was 13, Uh at one of the Five and Dime stores downtown. Each spending a quarter on a gift, and then bicycling the three miles to Bonaventure to leave presents at the gravesite. How cute is that?
1: Some nice thirteen-year-old.
0: That's cute. I think it's a cute story. That is cute. And presents are still left for her at the gate to her site at uh, left at the gate to her site today. Hmm. Local legend says that if you remove one of the playthings, then the statue of Gracie will start to cry
1: tears of blood. Oh no. that's that's very sad
0: gracie no why are you stealing from her how sad
1: it's very sad
0: although there is no trace of any kind of tear on the face of the statue
1: (laughs) okay so maybe that doesn't happen
0: another local legend says that if you place a quarter in her hand and then circle around the statue three times then the quarter will disappear Ooh. little thief (laughs) Well, i mean g- they gave it. it to her that's true <laughs> she's
1: not stealing it but
0: now you can't do that because there's a fence yeah so there's sh- a gate
1: she's not getting her quarters anymore yeah how's she gonna pay for ghost meals and have in heaven <laughs>
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, Before the historical society could have the fence around her grave installed, Gracie underwent a bit of a stone-based surgery on her nose, which had suffered damage because, A, the tip was broken off by a stone thrown at the monument. (laughs) Bitches. Uh, B, the tip was damaged by frequent rubbing by students who thought the action would help them get better grades. And the tip was exposed to the elements and eventually sugared or deteriorated and was eroded off. Uh, Let's see. In either event, the nose was rebuilt before the fence went up. Gracie not only attracts visitors to Bonaventure, but she also helps the cemetery uh, through the sales of souvenir postcards of her image. They uh, have produced several postcards with a variety of images of Gracie. Hmm. After her death, her mother and Pulaski House staff claimed to still be able to hear her laughing and playing. The house has since been torn down, so that's not a thing that you can see anymore. <laughs> Can't anymore. Uh, but the spot where the hotel used to sit still has many sightings of ghosts, especially Gracie. Mm-hmm. Gracie. Savannah, Georgia is considered the most haunted city in America. Apart from Bonaventure, Gracie Watson plays a large role in its paranormal importance and popularity. Despite the fence, this does not stop visitors from placing items on the perimeter of the fence as a gift to Gracie.
1: I'm sure she likes that. That's yeah, nice. It's a, nice, That's a little nice story. It's a nice story yeah. about a nice ghost who people like.
0: Yeah, I liked it. I liked it too. Yeah. yeah. Sorry it was so short. It was probably like what? It was like 10 minutes.
1: It's okay. I oh liked my gosh. It. it was nice.
0: It was nice. You're getting a shorter episode, you know?
1: Some people like that.
0: Yeah, that's true. All right. What are you telling me about this so week?
1: I'm going to talk about fact-checking and conspiracy debunking, but mostly I'm going to talk about swingers. Okay. Now, one particular swinging couple, in fact, uh, along with their son and their son's father. Um, mm-hmm. It is asserted by some that current Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is not the son of former Canadian Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau, but is in fact instead uh, the son of Cuban revolutionary and dictator Fidel Castro.
0: <laughs> why? Why do they think that? Are you going to well, tell me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um,
1: so first off, I'm going to show you the first reason why it's credible to to me Um Okay. All right. Um, I'm not good at describing people's faces, so this was a bad topic for me to pick. Oh, good. But um, let me see. Okay. Uh, I'm going to show you pictures of Fidel Castro and Justin Trudeau, and then I'm going to show you pictures of... So anyway, you know, Justin Trudeau, Canadian prime minister. Yeah, don't
0: people think he's kind of cute?
1: Yeah, people think that.
0: I could see it. Mm-hmm. I guess.
1: So I don't know. He's got like a he's got a long nose. Yeah, not I was like, gonna say
0: he's a lot. Lo- he a doesn't long. Doesn't protrude a
1: lot, but it's no, like it's a tall like tall nose,
0: flat nose, a tall flat,
1: long flat, tall nose. Yeah,
0: nothing against his nose. I have nothing against nose. his eyes.
1: Kind of like a droop a little bit down. Yeah,
0: he has like the droopy eyes. I feel like, um, oh, who?
1: Strong jawline. Certain
0: people have very droopy eyes. Good yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, his nose is. Um, the opposite of mine. Right. Mine so shoots out. His shoots down. So that's
1: Justin Trudeau. And then this is Fidel Castro. Um, Q- Cuban dictator from the uh, 60s until...
0: Wait, their nose is the same.
1: Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And then here is a picture of uh, Tr- Justin's alleged father, uh, Pierre Trudeau, um, and what he looked like.
0: <laughs> no.
1: No, He he just looks like a... Typical, like I don't
0: know. Uh, I get, I can see it. They also have the same nose. You, Look at the nose.
1: His nose is like wider. I feel like. Let me. Okay, here. Let me. Let me get you a picture of them all together.
0: Yeah, all together. I want to see who looks more like what. Mm-hmm. Who looks more like who?
1: Um and. Let's see. Uh, Let's see if there's one is of them. There a all picture together. of all them. Why would they all be together? Well, not like Photoshop, do like you mean? Different pictures of them. Okay, oh, well here's okay. here's a picture of Justin and Fidel side by side. Three different <sighs> pictures of them.
0: They look they look like, the same. Young Fidel like, Castro. Like look at that.
1: <gasps> is the spitting image of Justin Trudeau. Oh my god. In my opinion.
0: No, they look guys. <laughs> they look exactly we'll the same. We'll definitely
1: put images in the Instagram <gasps> and probably Twitter.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa!
1: But you Holy can feel free crap. to Google for yourself. Um,
0: it's wild. And they look exactly the same.
1: Young Pierre Trudeau.
0: <laughs> I'm shook because at first I was like, "Yeah, I see that," but net right next to each other, I'm like, "What? It's the same person."
1: Yeah, and then here's here's young Pierre Trudeau, who he he looks a bit like his son, but not as much as Fidel Castro does.
0: Yeah, I need a side-by-side picture here. I can't yeah. uh Um
1: Well okay, well here here they are with their faces like, photoshopped together.
0: Okay, it looks similar. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> Alright, all right. Well if that doesn't convince you. Then I'll have to keep going. Okay. All right. So resemblance is one thing, but how did Margaret Trudeau, the wife of the PM of a U.S.-aligned capitalist country, end up having Fidel Castro's oh, baby? Yeah. yeah, how? Well, <laughs> first off, when he wasn't dodging CIA assassination attempts, uh, Castro was known as a prodigious sex-haver. Yeah, I bet. Uh, he frequently had extramarital I bet women affairs. I loved him. Oh, yeah. And one night stands, supposedly sometimes with visiting politicians and diplomats. Um, And the Trudeaus were similarly sexually liberal. Um, Pierre Trudeau had numerous relationships with celebrities like Barbara Streisand, Margot Kidder, and Kim Cattrall.
0: So did they have like an open relationship or was it just they kind of cheated on each other but knew? I guess that's still. They were sleeping with other people and they knew.
1: Yeah, I think that's. But did they still still sleep with each other or did they
0: hate each other?
1: it seemed it seems like they had a sort of an uh, they they it seems that they were either aware that they were cheating on people or they were into it with or okay. they were they were, they were into it. wife swapping and stuff and stuff like that maybe there there are, there are hey, rumors of it. that kind of behavior okay but i mean it's well known that they both had a lot of affairs um we see Pierre Trudeau. He uh, would frequently invite multiple girlfriends or mistresses to the same event. Um, and then Margaret Trudeau also had affairs of her own while married to Pierre, including Good. ones with Senator Ted Kennedy and Ronnie Wood of the Rolling Stones.
0: Sweet, that's cool. <laughs>
1: um, and yeah, uh, some they're they're called like swingers or hey, he's a swinging couple and stuff. Some. Some sources say that because they were actually into the swinging lifestyle, and some just because that was what they called a, a hip yeah. young people at the time.
0: Now it's called an open relationship.
1: Well, no, that's not exactly. Yeah, the it is kind of.
0: You sleep with other people.
1: Yeah, but like swinging you're like the other person is more involved in it uh, you're you're like
0: oh like
1: you're, you're like go places together with the intent of sleeping with other people okay rather than i mean it's kind having of an same. open relationship is just like if you want to sleep with someone else go do it
0: so swinging is just a type of open relationship yeah i guess so yeah. I'm going to say it's close to. You know, it.
1: like key parties and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I get it. <laughs>
1: yeah, get it. When they married, Margaret was 22 and Pierre was 51. Um, <gasps> but they did have something else in common. Um, they ad-
0: had, you mean something in they common? They did have something in common. Because they don't have anything in common. Right <laughs> <I
1: don't know. laughs> uh, an admiration for the communist Castro. Um, At times before his political career took off, Pierre Trudeau identified as a Marxist and a communist and studied under socialist economist Harold Lasky in London. In office, he and uh, Margaret became friends with Castro, who would eventually attend Pierre Trudeau's funeral in 2000. Hmm. So, given the resemblance, the family's close relationship, and their uh, promiscuity, it doesn't seem impossible, does
0: it? No, it sounds pretty probable.
1: Well snopes disagrees they what? gave us a false and here's here here's them on how the theory started and stuff on okay. um, the 26th of november 2016 canadian prime minister justin trudeau sparked controversy by praising fidel castro in a statement about the former cuban dictator's death saying that while a controversial figure. Excuse me, both Mr. Castro's supporters and detractors rec- recognized his tremendous dedication and love for the Cuban people who had a deep and lasting affection for El Comandante. I know my father was very proud to call him a friend, and I had the opportunity to meet Fide- Fidel when my father passed away. It was also a real honor to meet his three sons and his brother, President Raúl Castro, during my recent visit to Cuba. Some Canadians and others were angered by what they viewed as Trudeau's humanization of a dictator who had caused profound suffering for his own people. Trudeau's statement, as well as his family's friendly history with Castro, led to speculation that a much harder truth lay beyond his soft words. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. On the 27th of November, 2016, two days after Castro's death was announced, a user on the Donald Trump subreddit, r slash the Donald, presented a theory that Justin Trudeau, the son of former Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau, was actually the love child of Fidel Castro and Margaret Trudeau.
0: (laughs) I don't like the term love child. I know. It's so dumb. The
1: theory rested on three unconnected assertions. One, Margaret Trudeau and Fidel Castro met in 1971 and were close friends ever after. Two, Margaret Trudeau was sexually promiscuous. And three, Fidel and Justin were similar in appearance.
0: You mean both of them were sexual? I mean, I guess the mom had to have it, but still, sexually promit. I don't like how they put that.
1: Well, they're trying to frame it as just as like a right wing sexist. uh, Yeah, I can see stuff. Yeah, which I mean, I guess if it started this way, but also like, I feel like it's fine, and just that Fidel would be very disappointed in his uh, illegitimate son. What he's turned into. <laughs> um, anyway, um, this Snopes is not convinced. The notion that the Trudeau's and the Castro's met in 1971, however, Snopes goes on to say, is based what appears to be is based on what appears to be a willful misreading of a newspaper article by a Reddit user. Um, the quote from the Reddit post. So now that we've established the similar appearance, we need to figure out if it's even possible that Fidel met with Margaret before Justin's conception. Turns out he did. In fact, Pierre and Fidel met for the first time one year before justin was born um snopes says ignoring the biological impossibility of conceiving a child a literal year before that child was born the user linked to an article by the canadian newspaper the globe and mail describing the first time the two leaders spoke to not met each other um pierre trudeau's and fidel castro's paths crossed uh, this is from the Globe and Mail for the first time in 1970 when the Canadian government sought to negotiate the exile of members of the FLQ who had kidnapped British Trade Commissioner James Cross. Fidel Castro obliged the Canadian PM by providing a refuge and in a private letter Mr. Trudeau later extended his heartfelt gratitude. The first time Castro and Trudeau met face to face was a famous trip made by the Canadian couple to Cuba in 1976. This event has been chronicled, along with some purportedly saucy comments, in a book that has been cited by many of the Trudeau truthers to suggest sexual attraction between Margaret and Fidel. Um, But even if true, that facet is a red herring, as Justin had been born well before the 1976 meeting. Uh, Justin Trudeau was born on December 25th, 1971.
0: On um, Christmas?
1: On Christmas Day! Snopes includes a chart of typical gestational ranges and says that Castro and Margaret Trudeau would have, would have to have conceived their secret love child between March 16th and April 22nd, 1971. Oh, remember that. It'll come up later. Okay. It should be noted that Margaret and Pierre Trudeau were secretly wed on March 4th, 1971 and honeymooned until March 8th in British Columbia. When they returned, Margaret moved in with, moved in with the prime minister for the first time. If ever there were a time to make a baby it, and have it be born on in late December, it would have been then. Mm-hmm. Upon their return from their honeymoon, the shock of Trudeau's marriage, she was 22 and he was 51, put them <laughs> under intense media scrutiny, making it unlikely the young Margaret could slip away to Cuba for a tryst unnoticed, since she was now the talk of the town.
0: Probably true, yeah.
1: Yeah. Several other publications took it upon themselves to debunk the theory as well, um, including Weiss and a bunch of others, citing that Castro and the Trudeaus didn't meet until 1976, and Justin was born in 1971. This would seem to throw a wrench into the whole deal. But here's the thing.
0: What's the thing?
1: One very important piece of evidence has been left unaddressed.
0: I need to know.
1: I'm going to tell you. The Ottawa Journal, April 13th, 1971. Page 5. Headline. Trudeau's Privacy Respected. Dateline. Bridgetown, Barbados. Prime Minister Trudeau and his wife left here Monday by chartered plane on a quick side trip to an unidentified nearby island. (sighs) They arrived here Thursday on a brief second honeymoon and have reportedly been staying at a private residence on the island's posh west coast. Heavy security measures have been in effect since their arrival, and the local press was asked to respect the newlyweds' desire for privacy. A government spokesman said Trudeau was due back in Ottawa Wednesday to prepare for the reconvening of Parliament. Let me recap that real quick. Mm -hmm. The Trudeaus took a second honeymoon
0: to the Caribbean in early
1: to mid-April of 1971. Uh You may remember that Snopes says Justin Trudeau was likely conceived Conceived. between March 16th and April April 22nd, 22nd, and on April 12th... The Trudos took a flight to another unnamed island in the Caribbean,
0: uh-huh, uh-huh, and uh-huh.
1: none, absolutely zero, of these so-called debunkers have made mention of it. Yeah, it's not even like a that obscure of a. F- it's like right in M- Margaret Trudeau's Wikipedia page. The yeah. couple took a second honeymoon to Barbados and Trinidad and Tobago and places, and another unidentified island.
0: I think this is real.
1: I think so too. Yeah. So, the, the, I guess the theory is that the, during their second honeymoon, were they, they took, really
0: cheating on each other though in their like that early on,
1: or I having mean, sex maybe with other that's people. What, that's what I they guess were that's into. that's what they're into. Yeah, yeah they're if they swingers. Wanted to, like, have, yeah. Never mind. They it's not to cheating. Have sex it's with like other maybe it was like
0: it's like oh yeah, this is this is yeah okay,
1: Mr. Cast President Prime Minister Castro, I respect you so much. Please have sex with my wife. Yep. And, All right. And allow me to raise your child. <laughs> Damn. Anyway. Um, anyway. <laughs> this doesn't necessarily mean that Fidel Castro is definitely Justin Trudeau's dad. Oh, I should show you a picture of Justin Trudeau's brother. Okay. Um,
0: Why? <laughs>
1: just because it, it, it's it's interesting um
0: do they look a lot alike
1: um not particularly is that Uh, why it's interesting this is is his brother um they look slightly alike
0: Uh, slightly alike but not not that much obviously they have one person in common and that's the mom (laughs) Uh, Um, not that i've already made up my mind on this or anything i I don't know know. i I mean
1: so that's yeah Uh, anyway but I, i this doesn't this doesn't mean that definitely this is what happened and stuff. Right. But I think it's indicative of some other things. Uh-huh. Um, the, during the last presidential administration, fact checking became a very important pursuit for certain subset of people where news organizations like kept tallies yeah. on how, how many times trump has lied how many lies that. is told in his presidency and like cable networks were like saying they would run live like fact checking during the debates yes of candidates oh responses my. and stuff
0: i remember the whole <laughs> fact checking thing it's like mm, yeah. yeah i, I mean, that.
1: yeah during the obama administration politifact rose to prominence rating claims on its dial of truth um and then snopes became famous for straightforward debunkings of urban legends but has moved since into you know political like policy making kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um and anyway with regard to the trudeau caster thing it's a it's a it's a small and like pretty inconsequential uh example of how as much as fact checkers and others who like are all really against conspiracy theories and stuff will, you know, accuse people of cherry picking data and stuff to either obfuscate or reinforce a point that isn't there. It's just as easy for fact checkers to selectively include certain facts over others to simplify an issue and make their true or false ratings seem more definitive. Or to cloud the issue and make a straightforward, honest statement seem more slippery and calculated than it is. That's
0: why I never understood the fact checkers, because I'm like, the people who are checking the fact checkers, the fact (laughs) checking thing. I mean, like, the people you want to read the fact checking
1: Mm -hmm.
0: data are not going to because they think that you are
1: corrupt yeah, right like they <laughs>
0: they think that you're trying to brainwash them basically like maybe not that extreme but they know like you know if you're supporting someone like that you
1: yeah i mean yeah, you, you're like,
0: skeptical I've, of any political thing
1: like <laughs> <laughs> right. at one time fact-checking was like a beside behind the scenes like important process in the newsroom of just making sure what you're printing isn't demonstrably false yeah. Um, so you don't so you don't get sued and like people think they can rely on you and stuff mm-hmm. um but you know we've entered re-entered an age of the partisan press where like no one no one really believes in a you know an unbiased media anymore to any degree and so today like yeah. fact people will call themselves fact checkers uh, like Glenn Kessler who's the most egregious example of this just you use their title to confuse the people into thinking that nonpartisan is synonymous with centrist or yeah is not, yeah that's a good point <laughs> centrist yeah. is synonymous with nonpartisan yeah and so um anyway wh- whether or not pierre trudeau is his son's father or not um i feel like uh i don't know it's, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter no it, he, he is whether you want him to be or not uh-huh. yeah <laughs> yeah uh just uh, I, the more you important
0: know. thing is the note is you made at the end
1: exactly as snopes doesn't know what they're talking about yeah or that, that
0: no site is trustworthy <laughs> no
1: <laughs> i or just yeah i know no you made I a good
0: know. point I, I like the point it's a good they're point They're
1: clearly trying to debunk it very clearly and so you know you leave out things you that leave out a little... facts
0: which is weird because they're a fact checker and yeah Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least present people with all the facts. Right. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's real. I everyone think everyone should
1: just believe what they want to believe. <laughs> uh, they do. No, that's not. True. Everyone does believe what I they want to believe.
0: <laughs> I agree. I,
1: would, <laughs> I agree with you. And there's nothing anyone can do about it. Just be smart.
0: Just be smart. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. This was this was a short episode, man.
0: That's all right. It's a good. Forty-five minutes of listening.
1: <laughs> You're right. Okay. Okay.
0: Do you have anything else to add?
1: I don't think so. Do you? Do you want to any meet any good ghosts or animals or anything this week? No. Okay. No. That's good. Or I guess not good. Well, or maybe it's it is fine. Good. It's, it's I think normal. it's a
0: long enough episode. I think it's long. I think it's a good. They're missing like fifteen to thirty. Extra minutes of content. Yeah,
1: Who or we, we can just like just we can we can walk away and just keep this running for another like twenty minutes.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> that's not gonna happen. <laughs> All right, well, um, thanks for listening.
1: Uh, you're 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 welcome. Thank you. Okay. Um, I've you, been Harry.
0: I'm still Carly.
1: And this has been known unknowns. Ham and cheese omelet, potato skins, bacon cheeseburger, fries.
0: Because it's weird out there. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.